Hello, welcome to another episode of Walk a Day in My Culture. This is a podcast where I help you increase your cultural awareness by talking with you about the daily experiences I have as a Black woman. As you all know, I truly believe if you can hear my experiences, then you can hypothetically walk a day in my culture, which will help you to literally walk on the path of increasing your cultural awareness. So let's get into today's bonus topic. Now, I need you guys to talk back to me and let me know how you feel about these bonus topics or bonus episodes, um, so to speak, because sometimes I'm just really moved by something or um, an experience. Even the baby is moved, right? And I just want to come on and be raw and unapologetic so you guys can feel my experience. So let me know, like, how do you like it? Um, do you like getting these random episodes? Do you like having two episodes in a week? I just kind of want to know from you guys, um, how you like these bonus episodes, even though I don't do them a lot, I still want to hear back from you. So either comment, um, DM me on Instagram or comment on any of my posts about my podcast or even email me, um, and just let me know what you think, how you like it and all that good stuff. Anyway, today's bonus episode is entitled, What About Our Babies? And this was originally inspired by a newsletter that I wrote in August of this year, 2019. If you haven't already, check that out on my website, bloomingtoyourbestself.com. Um, and if this is after 2019 and you're listening to this episode, thank you for going all the way back. And if you want to have access to that newsletter, you can order my um, 2019 newsletter edition book, which is just a compilation of all the newsletters I wrote in 2019, um, including some bonus topics that were never released. Um, but anyway, so originally this bonus episode was inspired by that newsletter that I wrote in August. But in addition to this original inspiration, um, today I was also inspired by a black psychology meeting that my husband and I went to today. Um, and so in a way, this podcast episode is inspired kind of like in a collaboration of the two, right? Um, by the time I released this episode, it won't be the same day, um, but my rawness will be just as fresh. Um, so anyway, today I'm going to break some things down and make some really good connections for you all today, hoping that you leave the episode feeling just as charged as I'm going to be. And, you know, with your cultural antennas raised and your level of cultural hypervigilance, um, being raised as well. So I don't know how long this episode go be, but I'm going to take the time that I need to make the points that I need to make today because I just feel like today is a really, really good topic, which is why it's a bonus episode. Um, so, you know, just bear with me and let's just jump right into it. So first, Let's talk about the newsletter that originally inspired my episode today um, and how I even got on today's topic. And, you know, that that will eventually tie into um, 
the collaboration with the Black Psychology meeting that I went to today. So in August, I wrote about the lack of imagery of babies of color on baby products and advertisements. Um, And as usual, I focused on black babies because I mean, I'm black and I got a black baby and I noticed things, right? Um, I talked a lot about um, books and the lack of black images in books unless they were written by black authors. So fast forward to today's episode, um, why it was really inspired is I created a like an automatic post that I'm going to have go out on Instagram um, about a book that I checked out of the library for my baby. And in the past, um, I've encouraged people to really think about what they are um, kind of like what they're seeing in advertisements and to pay attention to it. And so in the post, I continue to encourage people to really think about what they're exposing their babies to, which I'll get into a little bit later after the commercial break. Um, But basically in that newsletter, I was talking about imagery. So if we fast forward again to today's meeting at the Black Black Psychology uh, chapter meeting, the topic just randomly happened to be about Afro and Afri futurism, which is about the imagery of black people, how we are portrayed in society and the media and how we will be portrayed in the future and how sometimes the images that you see are really futuristic, kind of showing that black people are here to stay and will be around in the future as well. It was really, really interesting. Now, before I go deeper into that, let me just pause and take a little side break and be real authentic and real. For those of you who follow me and my newsletter, you know I talk about black psychology occasionally. And it's been two newsletter articles that I've written about black psychology. The first one, I didn't share much. And I actually went off on a rant about why I wasn't sharing anything. Um, because of the simple fact that black psychology is something that's sacred and important as black people and something I just didn't want to share. Um because I was protective over it. And then the second time I wrote about um, black psychology, I just shared a smidget of why it was so important to me. Um, And again, today is a perfect example of kind of like the first reason that I wrote about black psychology and went on that rant and just kind of saying how important and sacred black psychology is to us as black people and how we are connected on such a deeper level that no one will really understand unless they are part of the black community and part of this group of of people and black psychologists that meet. It just really is something that cannot be explained. And so the fact that imagery just happened to be a topic of discussion today, and I already have plans to do a bonus episode on imagery just really is mind-blowing and the beautiful part of being a part of the Black psychology movement, so to speak. Um, Black psychology is something for us as Black people and it's created 
by us as black people. And so that's why I don't get into a lot of information about black psychology, unless I'm talking to somebody that's black and people can take that however they want to take it. But the simple fact that it's something sacred for me as a black woman, for my husband as a black man, and for now my baby as a black little girl growing up, is just something I'm not willing to share because a lot of things are are taken from black people, stolen from black people and then flipped and used for the main, you know, society. And I'm just not willing to even take the risk of sharing that information. But the ironic thing is black psychology is very well known if people are up on game. And so with that said, I really encourage any black person that's listening, you need to check out the Association of Black Psychologists, aka ABSI, and the PSI is spelled P-S-I, um, and see if it's a local chapter in your area. You don't have to be a psychologist or a therapist or in the mental health field to attend any of these meetings or to be a member of Black Psychology. Um, there's a belief within Black Psychology that when you work with Black folks in any capacity, you are a healer and part of the healing community. And I think this is what's beautiful about Black psychology. Um, we really are encouraged to step out of this Western view and Western way of thinking that only therapists, doctors, psychologists, and psychiatrists are healers. We, you know, take away from looking at the fact that degrees qualify you. On the flip side, we look at the fact that degrees don't necessarily qualify you to be a healer. And I think that is so true because there's plenty of fools and clueless people that have letters behind their names and degrees on their wall, and they shouldn't be helping nobody on no level. So just if you black listen to this, really just look it up. Look up the Association of Black Psychologists and really see if there's a chapter near you. You won't regret being involved. Um, and for white folks and non-black people of color listening, if you have a thought or a little twinge in your soul feeling like, you know, me talking about this is excluding you guys, I encourage you to check yourself. Because I'm sure there's somebody out there that might just have a little bit of hint of that thought in their mind. And I really want you to think about all the things that you guys have that represent you in society, especially white people listening. Like y'all have images, y'all got support, y'all got all kind of stuff everywhere that's geared just for y'all. And for even even for other people of color, really think about the things that you guys have. You guys have channels in your language. You got towns that are specific for your culture. You got markets that's specific for your culture. Black folks, we really have to fight and defend the things that we have. So really just check your thought process if you feel in any kind of you know, slighted side eye that you're trying to give me because you feel like you guys are excluded with me talking about the black psychology. I'm just saying. Anyway, <laughs> I digress from my sidebar and my tangent on the importance of black psychology. Um, when I come back from these commercial breaks, I'm gonna go tie this all together. And we are going to really talk about the topic of today, which is what about our babies? And what I feel is important for us as adults to recognize um, in the materials that we are exposing our children to, particularly black children. So hang tight. I will be right back after these commercials.
Hey, I have a few questions for you. Do you sometimes wonder if your actions are culturally appropriate? Questioning if you should have made that comment or acted that way? Do you want to learn how to increase your cultural awareness and sensitivity so that you can work from a more culturally centered lens? What about wanting to work with your clients, colleagues, students, or just people in general from a more culturally sensitive place? If you say yes to any of these questions, then you need to register for my workshop entitled Working from a Cultural Lens. This workshop will take place online Saturday, December the 7th from 10 to 12 Pacific Standard Time. So go to my website, www.bloomintoyourbestself.com, click the tab register for a workshop or training, find out more details, and register. Again, this is an online workshop, Saturday, December the 7th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I can't wait for you to join me on Saturday, December the 7th for an exciting cultural ride. I'll see you there. So I had to pause my podcast just for a second and do a shameless plug and ask you a question. Are you subscribed to my newsletter? If so, thank you so much for your subscription. And if not, why not? Go to my website, www.bloomintoyourbestself.com and sign up. I have two versions of my newsletter and they are both fabulous. I have a free version and I have a paid version. Both are outlined on my website so you can go over, check it out, and see which subscription works for you. But there's really no excuse to not sign up because there is a free subscription version. So go check it out. Look at my website www.bloomintoyourbestself.com and subscribe to one of my newsletters. If you are liking my podcast, then you are going to love my newsletter. Whether it's the free version or the paid version, they're both high quality and you will love them. So go sign up. All right, let's get back to the podcast. So the big thing that I want to focus on today is mostly on books and children books and how that imagery gets deep into the psyche of black children at a very young age and why this is something that we really for real need to pay attention to. Um, Books are normally the first learning tool that we give our children, right? It's the most consistent learning tool that we give them. um, And it's really just how we introduce them to the world, teach them about the world, and just show them um, the things that they that they need to learn about the world and about society. And what happens when the books are not representative of a Black child's experience or the world that they are in? On an even, even deeper level, what happens when these experiences are supposedly being depicted, but they're being depicted from somebody outside looking in. So let me break these things down for you. 
we have stuff like, let's go over the, the first point. Like what happens when the books are not representative of a black child's experience or the wor- world they are in? So things like books that teach counting or ABCs or milestones like potty training or being able to go to bed alone. A lot of times in those books, you see white families and white children. You know, it's just really white a lot of times. So what does that say to a black baby or a black toddler or a black child reading these books? Is it only white kids that get to reach developmental milestones? Do our black babies start interpreting that only white kids can count and learn their ABCs or that only white families are important enough to put on books that they see on shelves and bookstores and in libraries and in their classrooms? Like what message is that sending our black kids? And I can hear y'all now saying that times have changed, Nerissa, and there are so many books that children of color can read and that see other children of color in them. You know, but I'm going to ask you, is that really true? Like, for real? Is it really true? So continuing to walk in my culture for a minute, every single week, well, maybe not every single week because, you know, I am a new mom. But <laughs> almost every week I take my daughter to story time. And I've religiously, for the most part, gone since she was three months old. And she'll be eight months on Tuesday. And I say that to say for the past five months, I have had a tradition where I check out a book that I had or not had, but I check out a book that I add to the rotation of her little weekly readings that I do with her at home. Now, I often find myself after story time flipping through four or five books and find a book that might have children or families of color in them. And there is an African-American section at my local library, but those books are way too advanced for her right now um maybe when she's about nine or ten years old that section of the library would be actually really really great for her but for now even if I show her or just flip through the pictures her attention span isn't long enough given her developmental age to sit through me flipping through the pages of these African-American books because the books are really vast they're really big they're really long Um, so often I have to resort to books that have animals in them as the main character. Um, but when you think about that, that's like the lesser of the two evils, right? And I'm gonna break that down even more too. So if I'm getting books because I'm trying to avoid showing my baby only white people and white families in the books that I'm reading that are at her developmental age, if I'm getting books that only have animals as a character, now my baby has to relate to an animal. That's a problem because not too long ago, we were considered three-fifths of humans. Now, y'all might think that that was a long time ago, but if you do your math and you do your research, it was only maybe roughly a little over 150 years ago where 
I believe it was the 14th Amendment was put into place that negated, I guess, the 13th Amendment. Don't quote me, but I'm kind of in the right area where now people, everyone was considered like human, so to speak. Right. Um, and that only took place about 150 years ago, maybe. So that's maybe that's like two generations, maybe three generations ago. That's just somebody's grandma and great grandma, maybe a great great grandma. That's not a long time. So back to the topic at hand. What does that say to my baby, my black baby that has to see animals instead of images of herself? Why are images so readily available for white kids? And why are black babies or babies of color not good enough to be mainstreamed? And now they have to compare themselves to animals. So what am I saying? I'm saying that we must be intentional on trying to find human images of black babies, black toddlers, black children, and black families in books. But while being intentional, we cannot be naive, which brings me to the second issue that I brought up earlier. And that was the question that I posed, what happens when the black experience is supposedly being depicted, but it's being depicted from someone that is outside of the black community. And this is where I encourage you to be intentional, but not naive. I am building my daughter's library of black books by black authors. She currently only has one book that depicts black children and their experience, but it's not by a black author. And that's only because it was a baby shower gift. Now, I'm not going to knock this book. It's actually a really good book, and it's fit into my husband and I's journey to parenthood, given the fact that, you know, I don't keep it a secret. We had three miscarriages. We believe in God, and God blessed us with our baby. And so the book is actually called When God Made You, and it's by Matthew Paul Turner. I decided to keep this book because you know, it has one sentimental meaning and value. And two, it's actually written really well, even though it's not by a black author. But, and I want to say, but, and I'm going to say it again, but that's not to say that this is the case for some of the non-black writers out there. So do not be naive when purchasing your books for black children, thinking that they are written by black authors. I personally will not spend my money on a book that depicts black children and black experiences if it's not written by a black author. And it's a lot of frauds out there. I don't want to necessarily say frauds. Maybe that's too strong of a word, but it's a lot of people out there that are writing these books and they got these covers that make you think that it's a black author. And then when you start doing some digging, you find out it's not a black author. And I'm just personally not going to spend my personal hard earned money on supporting any of that. And I'm just going to make sure I do my research and I'm not going to assume, not going to assume because something is written well, that it is by a black author. And I'm not discriminating. No, I'm not. If you're thinking that, because I'm not going to purchase books that are written about black children or black experiences that are not written by black authors. Um, That's probably a podcast on another day, but it's not discrimination. I'm being intentional and I'm being culturally aware on a very deep level. 
But in short, why would I spend my money on someone writing a book about my culture who isn't part of my culture? And why would I want to have my daughter read her life story and life experiences through the eyes of someone who couldn't walk a block in her shoes? Like, why would I do that? In a way, if I spent my money on that, that's kind of exploiting my own race because, you know, the author themselves are capitalizing and making money off my culture's desperation to find images for our kids that look like us. It's kind of like making a profit off of our cultural pain. And I refuse to support that financially. So if you feel like I'm discriminating because I'm doing that, then you know what, that's your problem. And oh, well, more power to you. Anyway, (laughs) that is my rant for today. Um, I normally will not be given cultural tidbits whenever I do bonus episodes because they're bonus episodes because they're just bonus episodes, right? But today I feel that a cultural tidbit is fitting. So what I want y'all to do is to look up the book called I Like Myself and it's by Karen I think it's Beaumont. I'll spell her name in the session notes. And it's illustrated by David Catrow. This book is a perfect example of number one, white privilege. Number two, how society has a negative depiction of black people. And number three, how others are continuously allowed to engage in degrading us and no one cares. It really needs to be an uproar about this book, about how offensive this book is, and about how it depicts black kids. But instead, this white woman done written this book that surprisingly has high ratings on Amazon. And you can easily glance at it and think that this is going to be a great book encouraging self-esteem in black children until you take a closer look. How do I know? Because I almost made the mistake of buying this book for my baby. But something in me dug a little bit deeper and just was like, something ain't right. I don't know if it was the way the hair was depicted on the cover or what. It was something about it that just did not feel right. So I just started combing through the reviews and reading the reviews. And up front, the reviews are really, really good, which speaks to a whole nother level of cultural insensitivity or internalized racism. That's a story for another day. But thank God I started coming across the reviews that were bad with pictures included to kind of prove their point. And I'm so glad I didn't buy this book. I'm not going to spill the beans for you because then that wouldn't be a cultural tidbit and then you wouldn't be doing your cultural homework. So all I'm going to say to you is you need to go look up this book on Amazon and look real closely and find the not so great reviews so you can see what I am talking about. After you check that out, I want you to take the cultural tidbit a step further and I want you to really, really think about What are you exposing the children to in your life? Really think about the children books you're exposing them to. Where can you start making a change? Who are these books written by? What is the imagery depicting in these books? Like how can you improve surrounding your black babies or your black students 
you know, your black nieces, nephews, godchildren. How can you improve them being surrounded by positive imagery of actual humans that look like them with books that are written about them and their experiences by people who look like them because it's really important for our black kids to get this in their system early because as they talked about today in the black psychology imagery is very powerful it's the next most powerful thing besides verbalization and so our kids cannot talk like babies can't talk toddlers can't really quite talk yet. They can't conceptualize things, but they can visualize stuff. And if we are feeding our kids things that don't look like them, that are not depicting the truth of who they are and the beauty of their blackness, we want to ingrain that in their psyche from a very, very, very early age because our black children are golden. Our black children are precious and our black children should be valued at all times, in all sectors. And so I'm really done now. (laughs) I'm for real. For real, that's my rant for today. So Wednesday's episode will still be released. You know, I'm not going to ever replace a weekly episode with a bonus episode. Wednesday's episode is entitled, Yeah, But Girl, You Better Count Your Blessings. (laughs) And until the next time we chat, I hope that you do something that'll help you bloom into your best self. And I can't wait for you to come back and join me later this week to walk another day in my culture.